Welcome to Multi Multi, a podcast discussing the multitude of multi-site student ministry. My name is EJ Swanson. I'm joined by two of my best friends, Mr. Joe Crabb. hey And Miss Kim Schuler. Well, hello. And our ever-faithful and wonderful sound engineer, Mr. Trevor Callis. Trevor, thank you for being here. It's a big week. Thanks, EJ. Wow, that is awesome. <laughs> Well, you know, the vision for Multi Multi is that we're a podcast and our greatest desire is to equip the churches who are entering into or already have multi-site student ministries. And we hope to share with you what we've learned and what we're learning along the way right now. And um, we would love your input. If you have an idea for an episode or would like to hear from us in a specific way, would you drop us a line or um, follow us on social and shoot us a, a DM or a tweet? We would love to follow up with you and maybe even interview you. If you and your churches um, go Going through a multi-site, um, I think figuring it out, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think that you know, I, I was gonna say uh, we talking about what you were gonna talk about today and dropping some uh, what you call it ideas. Is that this is our first episode recording since Multi Summit, correct? And we had a ton of ideas there, and I think uh, that came just from conversations and really the heartbeat of what we want to do with this podcast to begin with. But what I loved is that there's probably. 15 different multi-site churches in that room. Right. And we all do it differently. That's true. Yep. And then some people are doing some great stuff out there. Think about the Refuge Youth Network, uh, what Micah and the yeah, guys got going out there. Cool. But it's just like, it's just insane. So like that, that same, if you're going, oh, that's what I love about those spotlight episodes. We are all doing it differently. And because of that, we can all learn from each other. And we're all at different points in this newfound territory known as multi-site. <laughs> And I think, you know, as we've journeyed uh, through it, some of the things that we're learning is that um, the time we take ahead of time to prepare us for other opportunities that are coming up is is vital. And today we want to take some time um, talking about how we're going to leverage summer to then launch into the school year. Preach. And I think that it gives us a huge advantage on working with students, uh, middle school and high school, as well as um, our local public and private schools, even our homeschool networks. And as we do that, it, um, it prepares us to have a greater impact. And I think there's a number of different things we want to talk about um, today. But as we kind of get get going and diving into the episode, I um I wonder why you guys take so much time uh, right now in this season, in the spring season, and even going into summer to then prepare for fall. What have you guys found that has really been impactful within that? Yeah, well, I think even to just start about thinking about the fall, right, is why we want to really take the summer and take what we're doing now to make sure that it sets us up well is um, they're getting back into school rhythms. They're getting back into small groups and everything. So we want to make sure that what happens in September, in August is well done and launches us into a great school year. So how we can best prepare and plan now only helps that transition, that time, that kickoff um, go off better as well as launch us into a great year. Because in reality, that kickoff sets the tone for the entire year. And so we've been trying to encourage our teams across the campuses with that mindset. So working back from that, what do you need for a great fall? You need awesome leaders in place for small groups. Um, you need a relational engagement oh, with preach students. It. Preach it. Um, We're going to have to define that in a minute. So uh-huh. we'll come back to that. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, not relationships as in like boy girl relationships. Well, I wasn't even going there, but okay, Kim. Kim's in that central role. You never know what's happening across campuses. Controversial, man. Here we go. I I just want to election years coming. We're stirring the pot. Yep. Okay. Um, We also want to make sure our teams have rest. Yeah. You know, before we launch in the school year, so. Thinking through that, now we plan backwards, right, and just re re-engineer what needs to take place. Um, and those are just a couple things that we'll probably touch on today in the episode. Um, but really being mindful and strategic of what needs to happen for in order for those things to happen in the fall, and how can we better best prepare for them now. Yeah, I was going to say building off of what Kim just said. In that, I think it's it's huge to. I think we know if you've been in ministry for however many years, you know, it happens quick. I mean, we could sit here and talk. This episode's dropping in May. Yeah. Sweet mercy. It's May. Like, I just remember (laughs) kicking off fall like, you know, like it was yesterday. And so summer comes at you real quick. And I think that there's a tendency at times for individuals to then say, okay, summer is here. I can breathe or someone who just laughed when they heard that. Cause they're like, Oh, ho, ho, I don't breathe. I'm trying to catch my breath to pull off summer camp. And so on. I think it's being right. mindful of ministry has all sorts of funky rhythms, especially student ministry. And as you're listening to this, be mindful of what your rhythm is. You're going to hear how we've been mindful of our rhythms, how we've adjusted that throughout you know the past couple of years yeah. to really leverage summer to launch into the school year. And so I think there's some things even probably principally we'll talk about that anybody can take, hold on to, adjust that's going to really help them get the most out of their summer. Uh, So it's not just three months off with no connection to student and just full rest. And it's not just three months of event, 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 that when September comes, you're not even in the best space to minister to your families, your students, your leaders, and you're just kind of riding by the, you know, the seat of your pants to get stuff done. So I hope that we help in this conversation. I think one of the things that um, we've seen in our multi-site context that has helped a ton is um, how we leverage leaders during the summer. And some of that leverage is giving them a portion of rest, but also keeping them in in um, in community with their students, as well as looking for commitments for the fall and things like that. So how, how would you guys say on the aspect of leaders that you leverage um, those leaders during the summer to prepare for fall? We're very mindful of the events, retreats, um, you know, mission trips, anything that we do, we we strategically build around the leaders okay. um, engagement. So thinking through the summer, um, a lot of the, you know, different uh, rhythms, we want to make sure that it creates space for leaders to have that built in engagement, um, community interaction with the students so that it's not an extra ask to do outside of that time. Um, so if we're asking them to be there four out of the seven, you know, as we call them, summer nights throughout the summer, um, that we are creating intentional space for them to actually have time with their students. Hope Week, our mission trip that we do in the summer, uh, we strategically create the families or as 
we call them families, but yeah. they're teams that go to the different sites. We want to make sure that they are built off the small groups so that those relationships can continue can continue throughout the summer and again we're not working against ourselves going into the fall in this in the same way though you don't always have all of the small group leaders that are participating consistently so joe talk about that some yeah i was gonna say equally important there is the opportunities that you create to onboard and uh give you know a glimpse to potential new leaders and so i I, the, the the gaps that we've tried to be aware of over the past couple of years is um, intentionally creating space for existing leaders and new leaders to connect with students, build relationships, because summer provides the most time for relational equity to be built with a student. EJ, I'll always remember one of the first things you said when you came on staff as the lead student pastor was, why are we taking the most time off when they have the most time available? Wait, let's say that again, because I live and die by this statement. And (laughs) since I'm getting a shout out, I'm banking on it because I'm an Enneagram type three. Add EJ Swanson on all the socials. Okay, here we go. Say it again, Joe. Why are we taking the most time off when they have the most time available? That'll preach to somebody. And as as it should, because it really stirred things up in a healthy way. And a lot of what I'm coming off last year, the best summer we've ever had. Mm. And and I, I say it's the best summer we've ever had because of primarily because of the culture and trust that it built. And the foundation that it's created for us this summer, the 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 fruit we saw of it this past school year, uh, and I wouldn't have gotten to that point if it wasn't for us thinking through how are we making the most of of, of their time off that they have they have available. Why are we phoning it in? Why are we only doing one event in June, one event in July, maybe a big event in August, and then we'll see you guys in September? That's not discipleship. So in in reality, there what you're saying is that both with the break that you gave, but the strategic opportunities that you allowed them to to either check into or be a part of, that going into the fall, you guys came back stronger overall. Yeah, I'm coming out of one of the best years that we've had. And again, I... Quantitatively, I'm sure that there's there's growth, and we've had you know more students engaged in making our uh, you know middle school and, and really a lot of our high school ministry um, grow. But like qualitatively, uh, just the, seeing a culture that we've hoped to see created um, actually take root, and I think that's even seen currently. Uh, you know, we are we are in the midst of we. You guys have heard us if you've been a part of this journey with us since. Um, oh my, hey, we're almost coming up on our one year anniversary. We should yeah, get celebrate. tattoos. Uh, we, um, we certainly <laughs> should. We, we have stickers now. So, um, but we see that even now where we, we've been talking about hope week. You guys have heard us talk about hope week, you know, because we, that's a huge thing that we do. And it's so important to what we've got going on. We launched hope week registration on April 7th and by Wednesday, April 10th, all of our 170 plus girl spots were filled. Mm-hmm. And by that Friday, we were at 85% filled up with students. And I think that's just a reflection of the culture that's been built uh, across campuses Absolutely. and the new healthy tension we find ourselves of as of currently, not on a, when we're recording, not sure when the podcast drops, we're at 45 yes. girls on the waiting list. Yes. 
Praise that me. we are. You hear the hesitation from, <laughs> from Kim going, wow, we have a mission opportunity that is already over capacity and we're. We're know. in a growing phase. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we have to and think it's through a good next. problem. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, but to back to your point, EJ, very much so it's we we we've we've seen the fruit of what it's looked like to lean in and leverage that summer. Um, and so I'm sure we can kind of talk a little yeah, bit. What, yeah. what are some of those practical things look like? How are we getting leaders? How do we know our leader needs? Yeah. In, in that case, yeah. how, el how else have you guys seen leveraging summer to then cascade into the school year? So we talked a little bit about leaders. Where else have you guys seen that be a huge benefit? Like where you've been really intentional in the summer series, or excuse me, um, you know, summer, summertime season is the word I was looking for there. That then has had huge benefits in the, the fall. Yeah, I, building building off what you said, EJ, I think it's good to give perspective because we are multi-site. This is a multi-site Zoom ministry podcast in our summer ministry looks, I mean, kind of somewhat similar to our school year ministry in that, you know, the campus is able to contextualize what that strategy is for them to leverage the summer in the best way. And so, Kim, do you maybe want to give a one minute or so snippet of what it might look like a la the 100 days or so on, that kind of more maybe event-driven stuff that some of our campuses are doing still. And then I can kind of speak into rhythmically what some of our campuses are doing with summer nights because that's where we kind of fall into and everything. Absolutely. So awesome. So for a cam the campuses, they I'm going to even touch a little bit on the game plan too um, oh, because yeah. I think that's important context. Um, over the summer for the campuses, they have um, only one red light event, and that is Hope Week. So participating in that, being a part of that, and um, being present at that and engaging their students. Uh, outside of that, they've got some yellow light events to hop into um, or own on their campus level, level, and then some green light events too um, that, you know, Joe will hit on some, um, but those are like Tasty Thursdays, different creative opportunities to engage the students within their context at their campus. And so some of the campuses is um, they recently turned in their summer schedule. And I say turned in, that sounds very school academic, <laughs> but, um, but they, why have they turned it in? They have turned it in so that um, on the central level, we can implement it into a calendar piece that then will be able to be distributed out to the families. Let's draw that out because it's a point I think we often overlook. And the reason that we do that is because we're trying to determine within that central and campus relationship within multi-site, can we set deadlines for campuses? Can we enforce the deadlines within campuses? And we've had that tension of saying, hey, I got to lean in right now because yeah. you guys need this you know, turned in. And I think one of the advantages that we have right now is um, we've had some staff transition into other positions in a healthy way. Yeah. We've been able to lean in and say, these are the reasons that we have timelines for things. Absolutely. These are the reasons that things are due because it sets up this, this, and this. Yeah. So, you know, don't overlook that. 
setting those those boundaries, those timelines within multi-site, both on the campus level and on the central level to say, hey, we need this stuff in because there's a purpose for it. And I was going to say, when she said summer calendar, it's dope. Like, it looks sweet. Yeah. Like, so regardless what campus size you're at, you are putting out a professional, like, high-end looking calendar that makes you look like a champion to any of your parents and really keeps students informed about the opportunities they have to stay engaged throughout the summer. So and that's in, in hope that what, Kim? In hopes that, well, not only are we all on the same page and we know what is going on at each campus, but just to bring families into the environment and engage with them. And so everybody's on the same page and parents know what to expect. And it builds. Again, it builds to the fall. It builds the trust that Joe is so, you know, touching on so much of his last summer into this summer you know, when there's that predictable rhythm, when a parent can grab a calendar and know that this is what the summer looks like for students, it shows intentionality, shows thought from the campus director or pastor that they're putting time into this. I think what you're sharing, Kim, it makes me think, and I hope others hear it, is that it ends up building a foundation of trust and credibility with a parent. And a parent is that primary person who kind of directs that student's schedule and gets them Amen. to those yeah. events or there's opportunities throughout the summer <laughs> totally. that allows you to leverage it for the school year and so on. So will you share what are some of those things that some of our campuses are doing um, mm -hmm. that uh, different than maybe what we've talked about a little bit summer nights that I'll speak into that uh, they're using the leverage for the school year? Yeah. So weekly, some of the campuses are getting together for lunch at a local restaurant, a local um, fast food restaurant. Um, usually just to, again, that high relational piece of uh, having conversations, though usually if they have the funds, they'll pay for a small group leaders meal that comes out. It's a great way to bring them into that. A lot of them, if it is near their work or local work, you know, to just be able to take that lunch with students and with a staff member. Uh, many are doing uh, a Bible study or a time to actually dive into God's word on a weekly, every other week basis. Uh, a lot of house hangouts or pool parties um, because it is summer and, you know, students, we want to be outside, get that vitamin D. Especially in Michigan, we had a small yes. window. You have to soak it up when we have it. So um, why not leverage the families that have, um, you know, great land or pool parties uh, or pools? Um, you know, I'm sure they do great pool parties as well. Um, yeah. But uh, to just really partner with them, engage in that way. Um, you know, some of the campuses are doing an overnight piece um, on their own to just, again, build that community at their campus with their students um, and going camping, canoeing. Um, and so, you know, there's that's the beauty of, you know, giving the framework a bit um, and freedom within that they can really tailor it to their context and what is going to leverage their um ministry or their time with their students this summer so that they can ha go into the fall very strong. Yeah, that's, that's great. What, what did you guys, um, you, we've talked about parents, we've talked about leaders. Tell me how you guys are leveraging the summer, whether it be relationally, it be spiritually, maybe even, even a rhythm that you're creating for students within the summer 
again, so that it's effective in the fall. And here's kind of the premise that I want to put with it, guys. This may be a little bit of a, a spin, but whenever we get back into the fall season, we always um, like reignite our passion, I feel like, in student ministry. It's just the school calendar. Everybody gets ready, right? Yeah. And, and as you do that, I feel like everybody everybody just ramps back up. So as they ramp back up in the fall, what are the things that you're hoping to like those seeds that you're hoping to plant in students in the summer to then capitalize in the fall on? Yeah, I can speak. I can very much speak into Does that. To that. Yeah. You, you, what, what seeds are we planning to see come to fruition yeah. come September? Yeah. yeah, very much so. I think that there's a number of things. And again, the, the key thing is, is that summer provides an opportunity for relational ministry to occur tenfold than any other time because you're not competing with as much as you are during the school year. And so, you know, what Kim is talking about, whether it's uh, meeting at a restaurant or doing an overnight, a canoe trip, a Bible study, the heart of why those guys are planning it is to have consistent connection with students uh, to leverage stuff for the school year. For me, you know, uh, we've, we've set summer nights. So just to get a framework, summer nights this past year, uh, I, I decided for our campus to do summer nights and all it is, it's a predictable Wednesday night gathering of middle school and high school students. Now throughout the school year, we do middle school and high school students on separate nights for, for our context. But this night we're going to do all together. We do worship teaching. We have fun together. And then we have a post, uh, event after, you know, something small in some regards, but it's, you know, ice cream out back, or we did tie dye one night and we do our teaching separate. We do our teaching separate because, you know, we could get in a whole other podcast about this, but the truth of the matter is, is even if you just preach the exact same message in two separate environments, the fact that they're in two separate environments will resonate more with your high school students than if they were in the room with middle school yeah, students. Yeah, you're right. And so being aware of that, and but however, we didn't preach the exact same messages, getting to your point of leveraging um, those, those opportunities for what was to come in the fall, I was able to, because it's a green light, we didn't have series written for it. So we are kind of as a team here talking about what do our students need to hear right now, second week of August, first week of August, post-hope week, school is coming, hyper-contextualized, and you really felt, and I really felt like we had a pulse on what was going on in our students because we were seeing them week after week after week after week, having those moments we could celebrate together as a family when students came back from a uh, Thailand mission trip or Camp Barnabas mission trip. Yeah, that's really good. And so it gave me the, the thought and perspective, especially in evaluating the school year prior, we were really trying to get students involved with serving at different teams, is that we found it difficult to get them to sign up to do be a part of a, a team uh, in September when now they're ah. in, you know, they're already signed up. They're doing band. They've got football. They've got this schedule. They've got this schedule. They've got this homework, dot, dot, dot. So we started putting it in front of them in August. And that August, we broke for teaching time. All of our high school students went downstairs on each and every seat. It was a little postcard for them to fill out of the different survey opportunities we had. And they each one of them filled it out, got some information, so on and so forth. And we followed up with the students. And we, from there, you know, built out teams. 
And so we'll evaluate and say, well, how do we do it healthy, healthier from, you know, moving forward, you know, and improve upon that process. But I really saw the fruit of it uh, this past year with an initiative we do called School Ambassadors. Talk about that a little bit. So School Ambassadors are uh, students who intentionally look to create Christ-centered community at their school. Uh, and so somewhat kind of bridge that gap of community between their school and with us here at Wake. And so we know, we all know listening to this, that we've got students who disappear for a season because of marching band or swim or wrestling or theater and everything down the line. And one of the hindrances that can stop a student from coming back after that season has ended is feeling like I've been gone for too long. Do I even still belong here? Does, does this place for me? Do they, are they going to remember me and so on? So having those predictable rhythms for them to be able to meet with other students from our ministry, as well as other church ministries and feel like, oh, I'm still a part of wake, even when I'm not at wake. And that's one aspect of it. Obviously we very much push our small group leaders to still help their students feel that sense of community and build upon those relationships that they've started, whether in the summer or for the years that they've served as a small group leader. But um, that's one of the key facets of it. And they all have, I love it. We currently have it in six uh, of our high schools and it's the six major high schools that we represent uh, here. And it's just been so sweet and seeing more and more students as we've built on it, they take the ownership of it. They really lead it out. Uh, it's a, it's a passion and I love seeing this, these kids run with it. So, um, so that's one of the ways EJ going with your question of seeds planted in summer, leveraging summer to launch into the school year. And because of that, because of the school ambassadors, what happens the first month of September that we all know about, see you at the poll. So who's right. leading out? See you at the poll for us. School ambassadors. And you're talking about that in the summer, not two weeks before. Yeah. Well, I'm also trying to get new leaders on board in and meet with parents and make sure this is good for kickoff. Got my message and worship is set and this event's good to go. Yeah. And on top of everything else that our campus might need um, or retreat coming and so on and so forth. So, oh, yeah. I think they, another question to pose too, as you think about leveraging the summer to launch into that great school year that fall, is what growth or what culture change or what do you want to see change in the fall that you can bring into your summer to best prepare that? Kind of taking what you're yeah. asking Joe and flipping it, right? Like what seeds are you um, or out of this summer, like what do you, what are you seeing students grow in or whatever, but gotcha. and looking at what do you want them to grow in and how are you going to do that from the summer um, so that it launches them into the fall? Because I think we've, I think we've seen it a bit. And so now you can speak to it, but for someone who is starting from the ground up, okay, where do you want to go? And to get there, what can you do in the summer to help breathe life into that or to water that seed that you want to see planted. Yeah. And so one of the other, that made sense. no, I, I think a hundred percent. Cause one of the things that was huge for us is fun. Yes. And so we, we would always kind of joke and talk about wake and high school ministry. And some of you guys can resonate with this. They just don't have fun or they have fun differently. I think that's the key thing. Yes. They have fun differently. And so we've been trying for years doing different things and creating a culture of, fun for our high school students in this past summer ending each week of our summer nights with a post event afterwards and even something small and strategic relationally yeah 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 so our middle school students right 
they would have separate teaching. They'd head outside first. And so when high school students got outside, there was already a vibe. Mm. Students That's are great. already out there. Music's already playing. Ice cream's already being eaten. You're not walking awkwardly out to the backfield and like, okay. you know. But it really helped with we had the best events we've ever had this past year for high school ministry and a big part what we did in summer and creating a culture of fun. Uh, so I think it is. I think that's there's so many opportunities that we have in the months that are ahead of us now that even if you haven't planned something or maybe you're thinking things, you need to retool some stuff, man, leverage your summer. Okay, quick quick rapid fire here for um, both of you guys. Um, Kim from the central aspect, Joe from the campus aspect, um, with all with, you know, in multi-site, what are three things that you would identify, again, rapid fire, that campuses should be thinking about during the summer? And what are three things that if you're in the central role, you should be thinking about during the summer? How am I going to best set up the campuses for the fall? Okay. For kickoff, for whatever parent engagement. Um, I think the team culture, or the staff team itself, how am I best caring for them in the midst of the summer and leading into the fall? Because they're looking for that season of rest. Absolutely. Especially here in Michigan. You know, people are getting away in that type of thing. Yes. So you're looking to kind of double down on that. Yes. And awesome. making sure even as an individual, how can I encourage them, right? And speak truth and life into them. And one of those is like that staff retreat that we do. Um, and then thirdly, um, just how during the summer, making sure that every piece for the campus from, you know, whether it's a mission trip event is just set up well um, and that I'm serving in that way that they can still do ministry to their, to their context the best that they can. That's good. Very insightful. Joe on the campus level. Yeah. On a campus level, three things I'm thinking about in the summer would be uh, first one more leaders. Like what are my leader needs? How am I recruiting leaders in June for September? Because uh, I need to I need to have them invested, especially for any leadership needs that are our transitional needs. Um, where are my new sixth grade leaders at? Mm-hmm. How am I helping make that connection with them? So as the school year starts, those kids don't get lost in the fray. Same thing for eighth to ninth grade. Uh, we we are are needing to be good stewards and making sure we have the best possible people in place to lead those students, especially during those those volatile transitional times. So leaders in every facet are key to 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 leveraging summer and launching in the school year. Um, outside of that, I think what sort of uh, culture do you want to see created or things that are, 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 can be tweaked and so on and so forth within, um, your ministry. Like I've said, uh, you know, introducing, having just a little bit more fun with our students. That was something we were able to do. And summer's conducive to that, uh, you know, to, to leveraging school ambassadors. So what, what are the things that you need to see change or you want to see change in your ministry holistically that summer provides a unique opportunity for you to begin working on or experimenting with um to to really see that fruit come and then finally best preparing for for september but can i actually say this best preparing for november i personally don't think that we need to put a lot of hoopla into the first night of programming on the way on the night back 
Okay. I think that we need to put a lot of emphasis on are those students still showing up in November? And what are we doing in September, October to make sure that they're still connected to the ministry here? Because truth- Have you heard him say this before, Kim? A little bit, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, because of this. And I'll be guilty. I've we've done it. We've oh, yeah. done the oh, Kona ice trucks. That's we've why done, I asked the question. We've done the bubble soccer. We've done the photo booth. We've done. I I, I think your first night of program should be excellent. It should be intentional. It sets the tone for sure. the entire year. And that and that's it should set the tone. You don't have Kona ice every every week. You don't have bubble soccer every week. And honestly, you already have so much momentum, momentum. because it's the first week. Bubble soccer ain't making it a better night. Right. Just the critical mass and the energy is of excitement coming back. You know what's going to make it's it good. a better night is your small group leaders having the best conversation they can with those students. Mm -hmm. Them hearing uh, uh, those students who maybe you haven't seen all summer who are now back in the room hearing other high school students get up on stage and share about the life change that occurred when they went and served in Thailand or on Hope Week. You know, I think uh, I get the idea of it. And like I said, we've we've done it. But I'd much rather think how I'm putting that energy or effort to just something key in October that's going to help keep them around in November and well beyond that. So those are my three things. That's Great maybe insight. a little controversy, too. No, that's awesome. You know, um, prior to each of our uh, recordings, we always spend time uh, talking through what we want to see on the horizon. And as we wrap, uh, wrap up today's episode, um, we just want to give you guys a heads up on a few things that we're hoping to talk to over the next uh, series of episodes. We want to talk about uh, engaging high schoolers within multi-site, not only at our campuses, but um, in those large events. And how do we continue to increase that engagement as well as attendance? We want to talk through um, our staffing structure structures a little bit more in depth yeah especially as things shift and flu I and mean, that was the most uh fun breakout we were just talking about beforehand <laughs> yeah uh, at multi-summit so <laughs> a lot of you know people asking questions as, as we've made our shifts what that looks like i was scared i was scared <laughs> they're coming at you lot hard of amen <laughs> you know we want to talk about the importance of um, women within the multi-site structure and how um you know that plays a huge role for our young ladies not only uh, being uh involved in ministry, but also feeling like they have a place within ministry. And I think we're going to um, bring in a few of our young ladies who are involved at our different campuses and um, and share kind of how that's impacted them and um, the opportunities that we're giving them within our context. Yeah, I love it. I think there's a bunch. I love, those are great, man. I, you, you start spitballing and, and sharing some of those ideas like interns, senior pastor transition. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We've, you, we have some crazy crazy, amazing things. And also God is clearly at work. We're seeing that first. Yeah. And yeah. also, you know, a lot of transitioning questions, um, you know, amongst, I think we, uh, we have so many things that are spinning around in our heads and, um, we would love to hear from you too, though. What could we, um, what, what would you guys desire for us to talk about? And yeah. I think, uh, that's our, you know, our greatest desire is to be a resource for everyone out there and for us to learn from you guys too. Maybe if your church is one of those churches we can spotlight, would you give us a shout out? Would you connect with us as well as, um, you know, if there's something that you guys would like to talk about, we'd love to um, dive into it alongside of you guys. We're so blessed to be a part of um, what God is doing here at our local Amen. church at Woodside. And so thankful that we get this opportunity on the Multi Multi Podcast. Um, our hope, our, our passion is to serve alongside of you. And if there's anything we can do to resource you, please let us know. Thanks for joining us today as we Thank talk you. through um, leveraging the summer for the fall.